Girl, Stop Apologizing is out in the world. You guys, I know, I can't believe it any more than you can, but it's true. This book baby of mine is finally here. So if you have a desire in your heart, but you're worried about what other people will think of you for trying to chase after it, this is the book for you. It is the most tangible, and I hope, motivational advice I've ever written down. And it's available today anywhere books are sold. And if you like it when I talk to you just like this, then you're going to love the audio version. Girl, stop apologizing. Go grab it right now. Do it. Welcome to the Rise Podcast. I'm Rachel Hollis, and I've built a multi-million dollar media company with a high school diploma and a Google search bar. Each week, we'll be sharing tangible, direct advice or inspiring interviews with the same intention. These are the tools to change your life. Lewis Howe's basically needs no introduction here. Y'all have heard me interview him before on the Rise podcast, and you probably follow him on Instagram and love him on social media as much as I do. And as a special treat, Lewis sweetly allowed us to use the interview that I did for his audience on the School of Greatness podcast. Lewis is someone I have admired as a teacher for so long, so you know I brought some of my best stuff when I interviewed with him. I hope you like this week's episode as much as I do. Welcome back, everyone, to the School of Greatness podcast. We've got Rachel Hollis in the house who's got an incredible book, Girl, Wash Your Face. How's it going? It's good to see you. <laughs> Man, I'm tripping out. I'm totally <laughs> tripping out. I can't believe I'm sitting here with you right now. It's fun, right? Yeah. It feels like a really big deal. The Pacific Design Center is right there. We're in this room with this wall. Like Love this wall. is Yeah, it's tripping me out. Well, everything's probably been tripping you out all year because yeah. you've worked for a, over a decade on your brand and your career and your life, yeah. marriage, everything. You've written six books that really didn't do much. Yeah, totally. And then you came out with a book called Girl, Wash Your Face, which just sold a million copies, which is a huge accomplishment. And it sold it in eight months or something. Yeah. Eight months, a yeah. book. And what? What were the books that you sold before? How many copies would you sell? Oh gosh, I think my first cookbook probably sold fifteen thousand. You know, that's a like, lot. Yeah, but that that's was the that was the book before this. Yeah, but there's oh, that a, was the book before. That this. was the book before this. What about the first book? Oh gosh, well, like, part. So my first book is fiction book called Party Girl, based mm -hmm. on the years that I spent as an event planner, and that one has done pretty well. That one sold over a hundred thousand, but it sold a over a hundred thousand like over years okay. and years and years. Um, but never have I, I didn't even know to dream the kind of success that this has had. Yeah, because how I didn't even have a reference point for it. Because a year ago you said you had like forty thousand followers, maybe or yeah. something small. Yeah, at Instagram I think I had forty thousand. And now you have over half a million. Half a million and on it's Instagram. Like. Facebook has over a million. Yeah, it's crazy. And it's just been taking off because of this one piece of content. Yeah, I mean, well, so incidentally, what really started this ball rolling was a few years ago. I don't even know if you know this about my story, but um, I had a picture go viral. Do you know this story? What photo was it? Uh, me in a bikini. Oh. No, you don't know this. Okay, so I, um, Dave and I were in, Dave, Dave's my husband, uh, we were in Mexico. I had just run the LA Marathon. So it was like, number one, this is the best shape I'm ever gonna be in in my whole life. Um, we got a few days away from our kids. We go to Mexico, 
truthfully, I'd had tequila. Um, I had had a shot of tequila, and I had just gotten this new bathing suit, and the top um, had a monogram. My family's Southern. Southern women love a monogram. Mm -hmm. At the time, I had about 5,000 fans on social media, and I thought, oh, I have a bunch of other moms. Like, I'm going to show off this bikini top. And I'd never taken a picture in a bathing suit before, and so I'm like, you do that thing, like Instagram husband, like, honey, take 100 pictures. We'll yeah. find one. <laughs> and so he takes pictures, and the very last picture is I'm laughing because I feel super, like, I'm most awkward. And um, I see the picture, and in the picture, I have stretch marks all over my stomach because I carried three babies. And so I start to zoom in. You know that thing you do on an iPhone where you like zoom in, I'm going to yeah. cut it. And then I'm like, you know what? All the women who follow me are moms. They probably have stretch marks too. So I end up posting the photo and I wrote something about the fact that I wear a bikini. Like I wear a bikini, I have stretch marks and I'm proud of this body and every mark on it because there are so many women I know who would kill to be able to carry children and they don't have that blessing. And so I'm gonna rock a bikini because this is what my body looks like. So I post the picture and this was back, uh, my Instagram's connected to my Facebook and I posted, it goes on both. And I remember we're sitting by a pool and at the time I like went over to see, you know, you like make sure it posted okay. And it had a hundred likes in like a minute. Wow. And I had never, I mean, that's nothing, but back in the then. day, that was massive like for me. Five, yeah, 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 likes. exactly. So I'm like, wow, that's crazy. Um, and Maybe then, the algorithm changed. Yeah, yeah. And then like five minutes later, it had a thousand. Holy and cow. then it just, and we sat by a pool. I've never experienced anything like it in my life. We sat by a pool in Mexico. We would just watch this photo go viral. Um, and it was, you know, hundreds of thousands. And like immediately people started, they would go to their bathroom and they'd take a picture of their stretch marks. They're posting their stretch mark photos. And it went everywhere. Every, when I say that every press New outlet in the world picked it up. Wow. Everywhere. And I got to tell you, of all the things that you want to go viral, that's probably not it. Like that was very overwhelming. Wow. Uh, but it really was the first time that I saw the power of just like being yourself and how much women resonated with me being myself and showing all of it, not just the pretty stuff. And that was, that was really what started to shift and change my career from like food blogger to stepping into this space. Hmm. And I think this book is sort of the, um, the modern representation of what started like with that bikini photo. Wow, it's kind yeah. of like that photo on steroids. Right? Absolutely, like I was like, I'll talk about all the things. I'll talk about my stretch marks and back fat and um, peeing my pants and like all of the horrible, like you don't have kids so you've never walked through this <laughs> with a woman, but like all of these horrible things that your body goes through. Um, yeah, I'll just talk about it all. Cause I feel like if I, raise my hand and if I say I've gone through this, I've walked through this trauma or I've done this thing that's shameful or embarrassing, if I talk about my stuff, then I hope it gives you permission to talk about yours. Wow. Yeah. And so that was two years ago, three years ago? That's been a few years, yeah. 2015, I okay. think is when Okay, three that years happened. ago. Yeah. And then you just started to, the idea for this book came right after that, or no? So um, I was still writing fiction, and then you know I started as a food blogger, so I had some cookbooks in there. So you were an event planner, party event planner. You wrote fiction books, yes, and you were a food blogger. Yeah, all the things. Well, I am a massive book nerd. Like I read it, I read crazy amounts of books, and I think most book nerds who also have to do any sort of writing for a living. So I was writing this blog, start to daydream about what it what it would be to write their own thing. 
So I had started to dream about books and I read fiction so I wanted to write it. Mm. And that's where I got started in the space. And I was actually, uh, I was on a trip to Ethiopia with, do you know Jen Hatmaker? She's a big- I just started um, following her. Yeah, she's yeah. great, you'd love her. Um, but I was on a trip with her to Ethiopia and we're sitting on a bus and she is massively, massively successful in the nonfiction space for women. And she was like, hey sis, what's your next book? And I was like, oh, okay, get ready. So there's people and there's superheroes. And I like started <laughs> describing my next fiction book and she's like, no, no. What's the book? What would you tell women if you could tell women anything? And I had never thought about it, ever. I never considered writing nonfiction. Uh, she said, what would you say if you could say anything? And I knew the answer because I had had years as an influencer with women all over the world sending me DMs, I'm sure like you get DMs and emails and all of these things asking, how do I save my marriage? How do I get my son to stop using? How do I lose the last 50 pounds? How do I, how do I, how do I? And what I wanna say, which never felt appropriate to say, is stop reaching out to a stranger on the internet and fix your own life. Hmm. I had never encountered anyone like loving women but also challenging them. Most, most, writers and speakers, female writers and speakers in this space tend to be more of a cheerleader and I'm not a cheerleader, yeah. I'm a coach. Like a cheerleader roots for you no matter what. A coach challenges you to see something in yourself that maybe you don't see. And so she's like, what would you say if you could say anything? And I was like, you know, I, and I start, and I literally, I start doing this with her. I'm like, girl, like get off the floor. Like girl, stop crying. Girl, get a hold of your life. Girl, and she says, girl, wash your face. And I wrote the first chapter on the plane ride home from Ethiopia. Wow. Yeah. So, so she, she gave me the title. Yeah, and it's dedicated to I her saw because, that, yeah. Because yeah, she's the wow. jam. So I also love that story because I think it's such an incredible example. It was pivotal for you because yes. you had an idea of doing something completely different. Totally. And then she was like, no, that's not the right fit. Yeah, which is like you, I mean, you yeah. are doing this for me in real time and so many people in this space are doing like you're looking behind you at people who are coming up and you're like challenging them to see something in themselves. This woman is a leader in this field and many people would be challenged by the idea of like, oh, let me help like uh, the next generation. To mm -hmm. So I just think it's so incredible that uh, she wasn't, there is this like scarcity mentality or this me, me, me. And she was like, no, let's, and now of course I've heard like so many people like, yeah, Jen did that for me too. She, wow. yeah. So I want to be, I want to be like her. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And that was a couple years ago. Yeah. On a trip. On a trip to Ethiopia. And then Came you... home, uh, I wrote that first chapter, sent it to my agent. I was like, I know we haven't done anything like this before, but see what you think. And um, we sent it out and it was the first time ever in my career where people fought over a book. You really? know you know what it's like. Like, sure. well, maybe you've only ever had people fight over a book. <laughs> I've been like sending something out and it's like crickets. And it was the but first time. But this one they want, everyone they wanted. They wanted, it. yeah, really? yeah. Um, I think uh, you know the first line of the book and the first the first chapter that I started that I, we sent out was I peed my pants last week. That's literally the opening line of the book, um, and so I think it was in a like Instagram perfect world. There weren't a lot of women who were like, no, I got all the things. Let's mm. dig into them. So. Wow, it's interesting because uh, I think you know Jenna Kutcher, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm going to. Tennessee with her in a couple of weeks. We're really? taking it, yeah. We're she's having a, She's the best. We're having a girl's amazing. trip. But she kind of had that similar moment earlier in the year where she yes, did a with photo. Yes, that post about her husband. That went viral yeah. and her whole career business. Exploded, yeah. Life has changed yeah. because of one image. Yep. 
one post. Yep. Same thing happened with you with yep. that image at that time. And this book at this time changed your life. Yeah. And you're saying how you can't even go to the grocery store without yeah. moms coming up to you and being yeah. like, it changed my life. Yeah. And, uh, stalking you at hotels at midnight <laughs> and, you know, doing yeah, all these to, things. Yeah, I'm learning to navigate it. But what most people don't probably don't know is that you really didn't make much money for the first five, six, seven years of yeah. your business, right? Oh, you yeah. were just working extremely hard, coming up with content. You yeah. wrote multiple books. Yeah. They weren't making a lot of money, it sounds yes. like. No money, by. no attention. Like this is no the No followers. First, yeah. No, this is I mean, I had I slowly I always had a community, but it was small. And I wasn't obsessed with the idea of how do we like I get this question all the time, like how do I grow my social following? I'm like, serve the audience you have. Add value to the audience you currently have. Mm -hmm. I I have the community I have because they keep talking about me to other people. Um, sorry, that's a side note. But no, um, I yeah I for years and years every single penny that I made I invested it back into the company. Yeah. Because I knew that I wanted to scale and I knew I wanted to build something bigger and. We had revenue, but not enough for me to take a salary. And I was really blessed in that we could live off of my husband's salary for mm -hmm. a long time, which we did. Uh, this is the first time in years, years and years that I have put money, like I put a check in my bank account for the first time two months ago. Wow. And I cried like a baby. Because <laughs> it wasn't, um, it I, like, I'm so blessed that we were able to live off of Dave's salary, but there was something like psychological for me about being able to contribute, like I put money in our bank account. I, I don't know, it was a big deal. Sure. So it's amazing. Yeah, so I just kept reinvesting and um, it really has felt like, I don't know, like a snowball rolling down a hill. Like all of a sudden it just took speed and, and went crazy after like pushing it for years and years. But you had a lot of people saying no in a, a smaller audience for a long time oh, yeah. and you came out with book after book and speech yeah. after speech and it wasn't like this overnight thing. No, Which a lot gosh. of people think it is like, oh, she just came out with a book and it's crushed yeah. and a million copies and yeah. I should be able to do that right yeah. away. Yeah, yeah, no way. It like drives me insane actually because um, there's a little part of me like I've you know people have as their books have come out, their first books they're like, oh, I hope it does. Hits New York you know, Times. With it. So and I'm I like, it does this. I don't say it, but in my head I'm like, how dare you? Like how dare you? This this like. You're, you're aiming at the wrong thing. My hope as a writer, and still is, is like, I hope, I hope there's one person that it resonates with. You know that feeling, I know you do, where you like go to an event or you have a signing or you get to meet someone who's been yeah. affected by your work and you're like, oh, it was for you. Mm -hmm. It was for you. If you were the only person that got value out of this, that was worth it. Yeah. Um, so I just feel like, no, don't get me wrong, I was super freaking happy when it made the list. Like sure. that's a big deal. Uh, but if that's what you're chasing, you're, you're here for the wrong thing because you don't know when or if you will ever get the accolades that you're hoping for. Writing for me, that's my creativity. That's mm -hmm. my craft. I think you, you write or you take pictures or you draw or you dance because you have a God-given ability to do that. Um, I feel like that's, you know, that's our, like our potential is our gift from our creator. And I can't think of anything more horrible than like that just dies inside of you because you're too afraid to do anything with it. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm like, I'm so grateful that it's resonated the way that it has. Yeah. But um, what do you think's helped it take off? You know, you launched it, you put it out there. Did it take off in the first two weeks? No. Or was it kind of like, nope. was there a few different moments like that photo you posted a few years ago that like, 
that was a big spike and yeah. that snowballed into this and that. This is 100% word of mouth. Yeah. I've never seen anything like it in my life. And if you go, I think it has over 75,000 hashtags on Instagram right now. This is just women telling other women to read it. Wow. Um, I'm so grateful for my community because they are who made this successful. This was not, like you you can't as one person you know, do it. And we didn't have a budget to put against it. It was just like, Hope it works. Hope it works. Um, wow. Yeah, so it's... She didn't have a big campaign no. and press and media. No, because was was it was the first time that I'd done a book like this, so there was no proof of concept. You know, the publisher was like, well, we hope it works. Um, they didn't do much to push it out necessarily. No, and they're like, the team is incredible and they worked really hard, but you know how it is. Like, yeah. depending on what your name is and how much clout you have, you get certain levels of Crazy. help or money or whatever. And we just kept... Um, just kept talking about it and uh, you know I I wanted so badly to make the list like so badly I did I did I, I truthfully really I did, did I listened you did a podcast like right yeah. before mine came out where you were like here's what I did and I yeah. was like taking you to the airport <laughs> so I was listening to all the things and um, the day that what so a week later so your book comes out on Tuesday and a week later on Wednesdays when you know and I knew that that was the best chance I would have because of pre-order. Yeah, yeah, first week, pre-order sales, and all the hype. You didn't hit it, did you? Didn't hit it. And How did I, that feel? It was oh just God. like heartbreaking, right? I, it, was, it was truly heartbreaking for me. Oh. I cried so hard. Oh. oh my gosh, I cried so hard. Um, and the thing was, I had told, I never had called my shop publicly, ever. Because you know, like, if I'm you- I'm gonna hit it. I, I said, I didn't say I'm going to, but I said I've wanted this since I was a little girl. And then the community, like they took it on their back and they're like, we're gonna help you make the list. And so now I feel embarrassed and I feel like I've let them down because they, and so I have a good cry, just get it all out. And then I thought, wait a minute, like I spend my life telling other women that it's okay to fail. I spend my life telling them to take big shots, even if it means that they fall on their face. This is like, this is such a gift right now because mm. I get to practice it in real time. Like I called my shot, I didn't make it, but dang it, I'm gonna stand back up tomorrow and I'm gonna keep going because that's not what this is about. And then I think I made it week 11. So that's wow. a while, right? Crazy. Um, and they called my office, I was there by myself. Uh, they called my office and I answered the phone and uh, my publisher, like the head of the publisher was on the phone. He said, hey, I'm here with Jeff, who's the head of marketing. And I thought, well, I've either made the list or I'm about to be fired. I don't know if you can fire an author, but yeah. it might be happening. And they were like, we just called it, we're looking at the New York Times and your name's on the list. Crazy. And I couldn't like, I, I couldn't feel it. I couldn't feel that emotion. And I was like, thank you, thank you. And I got off the phone with them and I called my husband at work and I made his assistant pull him out of a meeting. He like thought someone was dead. And he got on the phone and I was like, I made the list. And he started freaking out and his emotion broke my emotion and wow. I was like, I fell to the floor, I was crying. This is very dramatic. Oh man. But if you've had something in your life, which- the dreamed of. Yeah, and for me it was publishing. Like I always thought if I just, if I could just finish a book, someone will publish it. And then I did finish my first book and everyone turned it down. And so there was this part of me, I think, that thought mm. it's validation. It's it's like, oh, you're not actually a sucky writer. You're not like, they're, they're, we're sorry that we gave you a stick. Like, you're great. Um, I was reading something the other day about like all these stories, like Michael Jordan or different people where it's like he got cut from his varsity basketball team or um, all the stories of people who got turned down the first time. And that there's this idea that 
Michael Jordan, like that the guy got it wrong, that his coach got it wrong, or that with my first book, like the publishing world got it wrong. No, no you weren't good I enough. I wasn't good enough yet. I wasn't good enough yet. And he wasn't good enough yet. And you had, we had to keep doing the work to get to a place where we could be here. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that I think people miss is like, you have to keep going. You don't even know who you're going to be. You don't know who you're going to be half a, de- a decade from now or 10 years from now because you, you stopped like, why am I successful and other people who want the same things and started at the same time aren't? Because when they heard no, they listened. Mm. I just kept going. I just kept going. Boom. Boom. I like that. Oh man, I feel like if I got a reaction from you, I must be doing kept something going. right. <laughs> and the thing that you did, you kept going with a family. You had, what, yeah. two kids, three kids by then. Yeah. A couple years ago, you have your fourth kid now. Yeah. and. What do you say to moms who have one kid or two kids or yeah. multiple kids about what's possible for their dreams? Well, if I they think they feel overwhelmed, overworked. Yeah, their face is really dirty. Yeah, they need to wash they that like face. They can't. They can't wash yeah. it because every yeah. day there's another poop totally. stain on their face. Totally. The kid that they got to wipe yeah. the diaper. Yeah. Throwing you up on like them. You have like a really twisted image of right? what parenting yeah. is. <laughs> poop like, and throw up all over you. You're covered with poop all over your face. <laughs> no, no. Um, I think the first. Thing that I would love for women to understand, especially moms, is that um, you're allowed to have a dream for yourself that doesn't involve these babies. And not only that, I think um, I think that's the point. I think that's the calling. I think that's why you're here. Um, I think that it's possible to be both an incredible mom and an incredible wife, if that's your thing, and to pursue your version of more. Um, I think that if you're, um, there are plenty of women for whom being a stay-at-home mom is the goal, and that's mm-hmm. incredible. I think you should just want to be the best version of a stay-at-home mom you can be. But if you have something else, if you have like the tugging on your heart that like, what if I, what if I, what if I built an app? What if I started a business? What if I went back to school? What if I got out of debt? What if, what if, what if? Like I think that what if, like, that is, that's your potential, like knocking, like it's trying, you can't get it out of your heart because you're not supposed to. You're supposed to pay attention to that Mm. thing. So you're allowed to have a dream. You're allowed to chase something, even if it doesn't make sense to anybody else. In fact, maybe especially if it doesn't make sense to anybody else. Uh, You are in real time showing these babies what it is to be a grown-up, mm. what it is to be a woman, what it is to be like a being with your own hopes and dreams and desires. And not only that, but these kids are gonna grow up. And then what? And then what? When they leave. Yes. And your whole dream was to yes. be a mom. Yes, which is like a, great. But, but then also, what are you gonna do the rest of your life? Yes, like so many women, like the number one thing I hear at book signings um, is women who come up and they say, it's moms, they'll say, I've, I've lost myself. I don't know who I am. I don't know, I don't even know how to find my why. I don't know what my passion is. I don't know. And I'm like, who were you before you were their mom? Who were you before you were his wife? Who were you before you were with your partner? Who were you? What were you into? What did you love? What lit your heart on fire? And a lot of times the things that they loved, they feel stupid about. They're mm-hmm. like, well, the dance, yeah, exactly. Like, I loved choir, I loved you know, but that, like, somewhere along the way, we got the idea that if we couldn't make money at something, it didn't have any value in our lives. 
Like, no, dang it. Like, that's the point. That's the point of living. Like, what are you doing if the only thing that you have in your day is how you show up for other people? Well, it's no wonder that you've lost who you are. Mm. Um, I'm also super obsessed with the idea. This is a lot of what the next book is about is um, women from the time most of us are born, most societies that I know of raise women to that to be a good woman is to be good for other people. Mm -hmm. So if you can be a good wife to your partner, if you could be a good mom to your kids, if you can be a good daughter, good friend, which means that all of your value is wrapped up in the way that other people perceive you. So never, like I never hear people who are like, oh, look at Sarah, like she practices self-care, like, oh, she's such a good she's mom with her self-care. Self -care. Yeah. Or like, oh, look at Jamie, like she's running another marathon. That's like, oh, the definition of a good wife. No, it's all about how you show up for others. Hmm. So then you have, like it's no wonder that women struggle so much with their perception of themselves or other people's perception of them because we've been taught that that's our value. So of course you don't think there's any value in you being part of show choir on weekends because you've been taught that what he wants for you is more valuable than what you want for you. Um, hmm. Yeah, so I, I just, um, man, if you have something on your heart, if there's something that keeps showing up that you think like, this is like, I'd really like to do that, but what if they laugh? I'd really like to do that, but what if I fail? I'd really like to, but I'm gonna have to find childcare. I'd like, dang it, sister, like listen to that. Listen to that voice in your head. Listen to that voice in your heart. Like that is the real you begging, begging you to step into who you're called to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You think that's the biggest challenge for women is that they are, let's say moms, that, they, that you see is that they're not stepping into who they're supposed to be? Absolutely. Or they don't believe they have the capacity to or they're not allowed to? Is that the challenge? I think it's a lot. There's, you know, there's a lot of, um, like, everything comes back to other people's opinions. People like, pleasing. Yes. They are drowning. Women, myself included, um, drowning. I used to drown inside of what other people thought I should have for my life. Um, it I'd, starts with parents. Yeah, right? yeah. Like, I didn't yeah. come from... Um, a society and my I didn't marry into a family where it was super normal for a woman to be an entrepreneur for a woman to be a writer for a woman to be a speaker that we both Dave and I came from really traditional backgrounds where like dad worked mom stayed at home and raised the kids and so it was um, I had navigated that for years of I really wanted to um, to build a company I really I was I was really it still excites me, like trying to figure out, okay, how do we scale this? How do we grow here? Um, and it was fine. People thought it was fine when we needed the money. When we needed the money, when we were newlyweds and we needed the money, everyone was supportive of like this cute little thing that Rachel did. And then when he started to make enough that we didn't need that and we had kids, everyone immediately like, when are you quitting? Wow. When are you going to stop? And I was like, I just worked so hard to build this business. Um, so I didn't want to stop, but I also didn't want to bother anybody. I didn't want to put anyone out. I didn't want anyone to be mad at me. And so I spent years and years um, building this thing. 
I don't want to say like in secret, but I would never talk about it. Mm. If I went to yeah. an event with Dave um, and worked in the industry, and if I went to an event and someone asked me what I did, I'd be like, oh, I'm a blogger. Wow. I like had a staff, full-time staff of five. We were doing really good revenue, working with some of the biggest brands on the planet, and I would be like, I'm just, I'm just a blogger. A like I would, side, yeah, yeah. My, little, my little side hobby, my little thing. Um, we were playing to, small. Absolutely, we go to family parties. I wouldn't talk about my business at all because I knew that it would make people uncomfortable. Like I just, wow. and simultaneously, and I can call this out in women when I see it all the time now, is that when women do this, the number one symptom that happens when you do this is anxiety. Like when women tell me that they're suffering with anxiety, I'm like, who are you trying to please? Ooh, snap. Because it, it like it always, I, if I keep digging, it always comes back to that. It's like you're living, it's almost like you're living a double life. Like your heart is telling you you're one person and your brain is telling you, but you've got to fit into this box over here. And so for years I did this and for years I suffered from anxiety attacks and it took a ton of therapy and a ton of work to get to the other side of it to be able to have the courage to be like, no, this is who I am. Wow. And not not this is who I am like, you know, middle fingers up, like a Beyonce song, like get out of here, you can't. No, like I am going to be so full of love with myself that I don't need to beg you for it with the way I live my life. You don't need approval from anyone exactly. else. Cause exactly. Because you can be happy alone or yeah. full of love alone. Yeah, totally. I like making people uncomfortable. <laughs> I like, I like, um, either making people uncomfortable to get them out of their situation mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. get them to rise to their yeah. greatness, yeah. or I just spend time with people that support my dreams. Yeah. It's either one. Yeah. But for me, it's like, if I'm gonna be around you, mm -hmm. and if you're not gonna be on board with what I'm doing, because I'm on board with what you're doing, yeah. whether you wanna play small or not, I'm gonna yeah. be on board with your life, yeah. and excited for you and wanting to push you to do more, but yeah. Don't try to pull me down. Yeah. Well, but see, the the flip of that is, I think that's accepted for a man. Mm, is it? Yeah. And I don't mm. think that it often feels like that for women. Interesting. I feel like um, we sort of that. raise men to like be ambitious, chase mm -hmm. your dream, do the thing, be yourself, and we raise women to chase men. Really? Yeah. Like every every buddy that I grew up with, everybody that I grew up with, like that was your goal was you're gonna get married and you're gonna have babies. Like that is why you are here. And I know that's not every culture, but it's a lot of cultures. Mm. Um, Even subconsciously maybe. Maybe yeah. they're saying that, but it's yeah. like you feel it. Yes, and I, I mean, I hope, God, I hope, you know, I have a daughter 18 months old. Like I refuse to teach her this narrative. I refuse to teach her this narrative. And I hope in this next generation, I hope that in a younger generation, I hope the girls on my team who are in their 20s, I hope they would tell you something else. I hope they would say, no, I was raised to go to college. I was raised to build a career. I was raised to you know, build my dreams and change. Like, I hope that's the narrative. But I'm 35 and I can tell you that for the friends that I know and the women I interact with online, that was the goal. Yeah. And it's so hurtful. What if you're gay? What if you're not interested in men? Mm. Or what if you don't want to get married? Or what if you don't no want to have babies? Yeah. Like, so then you have no value because you're not the way that society says you should be. Um, so I think that it is, it's a really hard thing to come out from underneath. I, I, I think of it too, like when you're a little girl, 
you are, the, the value that you have a little girl is how other people perceive you as a daughter for your parents. Mm. It's like, oh, she's so cute. She's so funny. She's so precocious. She's so, so you learn at a very early age that, oh, oh, when I please other people, that makes mom and dad happy. Like when I do, okay, so I'm going to keep. And so we, we are taught yeah. to like live our lives for how other people perceive us. And then you hit 35 and you're like, well, I don't know. I don't know who I am. Who am I? Yeah. yeah, I don't know who I am. I've lost, I've lost myself along the way. So. When did you feel like you found yourself? Uh, so I, to. yeah. So when I was having really bad anxiety attacks, I. This was probably five years ago. Thirty years old. Yeah, thirty years old, having having really bad anxiety attacks. Like, have a company to run, have people who are counting on me, and I could function. I had I was I had a double whammy, so I was having anxiety and I was having horrible vertigo. Like room would spin, wow. didn't feel comfortable driving. Of course now I can look back and be like, hello, you had problems. But at the time I was like, I'll just work harder. Oh my I'll just gosh. drink more caffeine. I'll just, you know, like I was a nightmare, right? I was a horrible workaholic, like horrible workaholic. Um, hustling for my worth, just kept thinking, I'll just keep growing, 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 and then we'll see what happens. Um, so I was having really bad anxiety and I wanted, I, I got to a place where I was gonna have to be on medication. Wow. And how was your uh, health and Yeah, like I like meaning like I'm gonna have to take something to calm myself down. Wow. And, and were I you in good shape physically or physically you... great. Running marathons, okay. doing, you know, eating well. So but... you're a workaholic on all levels. Mm -hmm. You're like I'm gonna on work. all levels. I'm gonna train, yep. I'm gonna do yep. this, I'm that. Yep. And frankly, I mean you're I'm gonna say this and you're gonna understand it. I could have gone on that way forever, but when it started to affect my performance then I was like, I gotta get help. Mm -hmm. Because my performance is like, my ability to show up, my ability to do work, my, that's like that lights my heart on fire. Yeah. So if I can't do this anymore. So um, yeah, I was, I was going 100 miles an hour and I had really bad anxiety and I was like, I'm gonna have to get medicine. I would, I would have anxiety attacks and I remember Dave would be like, babe, like what's wrong? And I'm like, I can't tell you what's wrong. I, I, I don't know what's wrong, but it's bad. And I can't function, and I'm crying in bed like that kind of. Have you ever had an anxiety attack? Not an anxiety attack. I feel like I've had a lot of uh, emotional. I don't know if they're breakdowns, but yeah. just like moments where it's hard for me to get past it. Yeah, totally, totally. But I wouldn't be like, ah, yeah. I'm just more like in the fetal position, like yeah. sad. Yeah. <laughs> well, I had like a lot of extended family members um, who had abused uh, prescription pills, mm. and so I had a fear of that. Um, uh, I had a big fear of that. And so when I felt like I was going to have to get on medicine, I was like, you got to do something. And uh, honestly, if you need medicine, like get on it, do the thing, work with the doctor, get past it. But for me personally, I really didn't want to have to go there. And so I was like, then you better do some freaking work. So what'd you do? So got in therapy immediately, read every book I could find, um, started, uh, went to therapy, helped with the anxiety, still had really bad vertigo. So just communicating and talking about your yeah. stresses yeah. helped you relieve it. Well, I, the irony is I realized how much anxiety for me was triggered by people pleasing. So, I mean, I could be cut off in traffic. Like not even I did something. I could be cut off in traffic and someone, I could tell that the person in the car was like mad at me, like, you know, LA, like they flip you off or they do something. And it would send me into an anxiety attack. Like anybody being upset with it's me. It's funny you say that because just yesterday I was thinking that. Yeah. How I can be, if I'm not 
clear with my intentions every single morning of how I want to show up that yeah. day. If I haven't meditated, if I haven't thought about my day, I can be driving and someone can react to me or honk or flip me off yeah. for some reason. And I can get me so reactive. Yeah. Quickly. Yes. This defensive yeah. reactiveness. If You're I'm like, not, where did that come from? Yeah. I'm like, what am I doing? Yeah. So that's why every single morning I really focus on when someone does this yes, today. Yes, not if. How do I want to show up? <laughs> yeah. Because it's going try? to happen yeah. with totally. you know, something in my team or yeah. my audience or yeah. someone outside, whatever it may be. Someone's yeah. going to say something or look at me the wrong way, especially being in West Hollywood. Yeah. It's like Hello. People yeah. Are, Totally. People beg for money, and then if you don't give it to them, they're yeah. like, you have Yeah, you know? <laughs> you're like, what? I didn't have any change. Or yeah. if you give them some money, they're like, look at you like it wasn't yes. enough. Like, whatever. Only in LA. Someone yeah. is going to be upset at you throughout your life. Totally. Multiple times, probably every single day. And that's why I think it's important for us to, you know, it's interesting you say this because I think there are three uh, fears that we struggle with the most. Mm -hmm. The fear of failure that a lot of people struggle with. And that's why they won't take on something in their life because they're afraid to fail. Mm -hmm. The fear of success, which is, I never had that. Yeah, me either. I was always like, I want to achieve yeah. this. Yeah, when people ask me that in conferences, I'm always like, oh, I don't even know how so to answer this. So many people I say, yes. how many of you are afraid of success? Yes. A lot of people say that. Yeah. But there's a weight and a responsibility yeah. of leaving people behind. Yes, that is, you're so right. That's always success. the thing. It's like, well, if I do this, my family and friends will won't. Yes. They'll like try to pull me down or something. Yeah. And the last fear, which I think you and I have and had, is the fear of judgment. Mm -hmm. Being judged for mm -hmm. who we are, yeah. what we want, who yeah. we want to be, the things we say, the things we do, yeah. the passions we have in life. And that fear of wanting to please people and, that, and, and being judged. Uh, and at the center of all three of those is just, I'm not enough. Yeah. You know, we believe we're not enough. Yeah. And that's why we have these three fears. Um, but when we can get past the fear of failure, success, and judgment, yeah. that's when we can step into anything. Absolutely. Anything. Yeah. Um, but that, that people-pleasing is something that a lot of us mm -hmm. face. Yeah. So it, what did you do to, to get past the anxiety of pleasing Well, everyone? so I had gone, I was going to therapy, I was doing all these things, and then the honest-to-God truth is I went to UPW. Yeah. Yeah, and it changed my life. Yeah. Um, and I... You know, it, it was my first. For those like, who don't know, it's Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins, yeah. Unleash the Power Within. It was my first personal growth conference it's like powerful. that. Super powerful. And it's like four days of therapy, intense group therapy, therapy, group therapy, all the feelings. Um, getting it like, out, yeah. catharsis, yes. screaming, yeah. dancing, yes. talking. Everything. Yeah. But the most powerful thing that he said that day was, and this is in the documentary that's on Netflix, he says this line, he's talking to someone and he says, which parent did you crave love from most? Not who did you love most, who did you crave love from most? You wanted your mom or dad? Dad, yeah. absolutely dad. Dad was a Pentecostal minister. Um, I, he, I did not have his attention and I wanted it. And he says, he says, so who did you crave love from most? And I'm like, okay, dad. And he said, and who did you have to be to get his love? And so for my dad, by the way, like everyone, everybody's limiting beliefs are wrapped up in this thing. Like I believe this to be true. So for who me, did you have to be? I had to be a performer, an achiever Perfect. when he wanted to pay attention to me. And the second he was done, children should be seen and not heard. Wow. So this was this horrible dichotomy for a little kid, which was I Turn never, it on. yeah, and then shut up and shut up and go to your yes. room or just sit so there. So I'm like, oh, now I find myself as an adult 
working myself till illness. I can't stop achieving. The second I achieve something, I'm already trying to figure out what the next, I mean the second. I don't celebrate anything, on to the next thing, and simultaneously keeping it super small so it doesn't offend Not anybody. Not telling anyone. No. Not so telling I was like, I'm like at, in this wow. like huge 14,000 person thing, like by myself, like, Oh my God, is anyone else getting this? Like, <laughs> it was so powerful for me. Wow. And I came home from that trip just on fire, like on fire. And you walked on fire too. So. Uh, yeah, the whole thing, like I'm so passionate and alive and feel more like myself. And I came home to a husband that was not interested. Like he thought it was all, you know, it's all a cult, you're crazy. He was actively not interested in where I was. And now I came home and I'm on fire and I'm getting up at 5 a.m. And he's grouchy and grumpy and not having any of it. And it was the first time in our relationship that he didn't like something and I kept doing it. Ooh. So I you just, didn't please him. You I didn't, didn't please him for the first time ever in my life. Wow. I was like, this is not about how you feel about me changing. This is about how I feel about Damn. me changing. And I just kept going. And the, in, the interesting thing is, about three months later, I'm still on fire. I'm still doing all the things. He was like, okay, I want to go. Really? Like, I want to know what this is all about. I want to see. You and, got yeah. past, like needing to please him and you kept yep. going and yep. you hurt his feelings probably yeah. a lot yes. and upset him. Made him very uncomfortable. Because I think anytime, I, I, this is another question I get, is women are like, I want to change or I want to build my business and my partner is hates it. It's like, well, yeah, because you're changing and now they're afraid that you're going to not love them anymore, right? Because you're growing and you're changing. What if you don't need Feel them? judgment. Yeah, so. what if you don't, you know, we're all like little precious snowflakes at our core. So um, yeah, I just kept going. And he, like I kept living into myself and believing big things and doing all the work. And he was like, okay, I, I want in. And we went to UPW, I got him Christmas. We I got it for Christmas. We went together and it changed our marriage. Like if you are looking at, you know, our social today and the what things that we're doing. was two years ago? A couple years ago, yeah. When all the stuff was going down, which we've talked about, the struggles that we've had there. But um, we went together. After I had that hard conversation with him, um, and what was the conversation you said with him? Um, so we've we said this on our podcast. So you can like go find the episode. But um, I knew it was bad for a long time. He's really unhappy with his job, and, um, and here's he's, a guy who was a president at Disney. Yeah, right? massive he's job, seven figures. Yeah, as a like salary. the dream, the dream. He has a dream job, and he's super unhappy. Um, and so he dealt with that by coming home every day, he put headphones in, he started playing video games, drinking too much, you know, not showing up for the kids, not, not really being present with me. And simultaneously then being angry at me as I'm trying to like pursue a better version of myself. This is a weird question to ask about myself, but have you ever listened to the Rise podcast and thought, man, I wish Rachel Hollis could be my business coach. <laughs> I don't know that anyone's ever thought that, but even if you didn't, you're about to get the chance. For the first time ever, we are launching a coaching series for small business owners, for medium business owners, for basically anyone who wants to understand how to grow their revenue, how to increase the number of clients that they have, how to do work that matters, how to get attention on social media, basically all the things that I have learned through Google, through books, and through podcasts over the last 10 years. 
Every single month, we'll sit down for two hours in a live session where you can ask me questions and where I will teach on a topic that I feel like is foundational for a small business owner. To find out more information, head over to thehollisco.com forward slash coaching. So for months I knew I needed to have a conversation with him, but I was like, oh, it just it made like it made me sick to my stomach. Like this yeah. is bad, right? And um, I, I, I like I'm like this is getting this is getting bad. Where I think started to see like, man, if this keeps going the way it's going, you're here and I'm growing. Like we're not gonna be together. Um, but how do you say that? Because I the, the thing was for how long? We've right now been married for 14 years, together for 16. So at this point, we've been together 14 years when wow. this is happening. And I'm thinking, um, mostly I didn't want to hurt, her, hurt his feelings. That was the, I knew it was going to crush him. I knew it was going to hurt his heart so bad. He's also the most, like our conflict resolution styles, I shut down, he will battle you to the death. <laughs> like he will battle to the death. So I'm like, oh gosh, like if I try and talk to this guy about this huge thing, He's gonna he's gonna debate me until I'm like you know what you're right you know which is what we had done for years and you just pleased him you're like okay okay you're I right I'm in. sorry yeah 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 so for the I'm like I gotta do this so I Dang. for the first time for months I thought about and planned it and prayed and thought like for months I planned this conversation in my head like how do I have this conversation with him in a way he can receive it mm, that's what that's I kept wondering like I don't want to talk at him I want him to be able to receive it. And so we had gone on a family vacation that was really bad, really bad. He might have told you guys about it. Um, two yeah. weeks, he's completely I yeah shut to be down. Yeah, shut like down. Miserable. Not involved with the family at all. Just like not. He drank a lot. Like just bad. We've all been in situations like that. That was his time. And after that vacation, I'm like, I gotta, we gotta have this conversation. So we come home literally that day, put the kids to bed, and I go in the bedroom. I'm like, I need to talk to you. And I need you, I need so badly for you to please try and hear it. Please don't be defensive. And it was about a two-hour conversation. And it was, he would kept getting fired up and then we'd have to like talk himself back down. But the, the gist was, I said, if, um, if I keep growing and you stay the same, two years from now, we're not going to be together. Because we're going to, like, it's just impossible uh, the, the Bible says uh, your oxen can't, like in a marriage, you can't be unevenly yoked. Like meaning like if one ox is bigger than the other, like the yoke does that, I don't even know if that's resonating with sure. you. Like far, four people who farm are like, I got you, Rach. Um, <laughs> but like you can't have one person, one part of a relationship that's growing and changing and being the best version of themselves and someone else who's stagnant. It's not going to work because one of us or both of us is going to start to resent each other. And then it's going to become something bigger mm. than it is in this moment. So we had this really hard conversation and he's devastated. He's devastated. You weren't saying I'm ending it. You were just no, saying a I couple just like, years. No, I just like, we have a problem. And, you know, I don't, I don't know how you are with your relationship, but I know with Dave and most guys I know, they want to be their partner's hero. Absolutely. You want to be the hero. Otherwise, you have no meaning yes, in that relationship. Yeah. The, so yeah. for him to hear that, like, I was that unhappy was devastating for him. But it also was a wake-up call. And so, it, you know, hey, let's do the work. He started going to therapy. He did all of his stuff. Um, and, so he yeah. was receptive. 
he was receptive and I got him I got him UPW for Christmas and we went together and it was incredible. It was incredible. It's why we are so passionate about um, live events because I've had yeah. my life and he has had his life changed at a live event because you're immersed, right? Like when people go to your you're you're mm -hmm. in there like it it changes your way of thinking for a period of time and then you can kind of see the world a little bit differently than you did before. Um, so yeah, that was that was the thing for us and we are who we are because of that season we walked through. Wow, that yeah. one conversation. Yeah, changed you may everything. You not be married right now. Uh, that is absolutely correct. Wow. Yeah, and we're like the best. It's He's amazing. the best. Oh. And he also left what four months ago. His dream massive job, job yeah. that he wasn't happy at. Yeah. To come essentially work for his yeah. wife. Yes. Yeah. So to not be yeah. like the man at yeah. this big company yeah. and have this identity yeah. anymore, but to be like, oh, yeah. I work under my wife well, no, well, right? so, well what's interesting is that in order for us to make this decision I had to step down as CEO which was very hard for my ego <laughs> very so he's hard the CEO. he's the CEO otherwise um, he wouldn't have done it he wouldn't have done it and that was a conversation that we mm. had he was like babe if another company and this was over many conversations he's like if another company tapped me right now to come and I would be, be tapped to be CEO of some other startup. So yeah, and and it's good that he did because I would have continued to try and run it and, and the, do all of it and do all of it. And the whole reason he's here is because I was struggling to do both. Like I can't run the company and be the face of the company simultaneously. It's hard to be the talent yeah. and the yeah. It's I mean I struggle with. I it. know. I was like I we're but gonna. But I don't have yeah. four kids. Yes. Like, I do it all yes. because I'm able to with the time I exactly. have. Exactly. Um, so yeah, so we talked about it for a long time and that was, um, I really didn't, I just loved like, oh, self-made CEO, female CEO. And then I had a girlfriend who said, have you ever just written down which parts of your job you actually like to do and see if they're the CEO job? And I did. And I was like, oh, holy crap. No, I don't want to be CEO. Mm. I don't want to figure out the finances. I don't want to hire people. I don't, what I care about is the content. I, bet I care about the way it looks. I care about the experience that you have. I want to write. I want to look at the visuals. Like I'm the creative, I'm chief creative officer, but I'm not. Um, mm. Yeah, I don't want to. Like, oh, go talking to the banker. Yeah, and you oh. were able. You were able to get it to where it's at with your skills, but to get it to where you want it to be, you needed someone else to support who's got that experience. Yeah, and that who's better suited for that role potentially. Yeah, and that was what was hardest for me. Honestly, I cried about it a lot. Is I thought. He's gonna come on. Like I've pushed this for years to get it right to the pinnacle. And now, right when I'm He's, about to take yes. off, he's gonna get all the credit. And people are gonna give him credit. And I said that to some friends who um, run a company together, husband and wife. And it was like, oh, like this is your pride talking. Yeah, it's like, it do you want to have a successful company or do you want like a pat on the back? What well, do you? What I think, do you... and I think the greatest leaders give everyone else the credit. Yeah, totally. It's so like, I was like, oh, this is good. This you know, is humbling for me. And you'll get all the photos. Mm -hmm. and yeah. You'll get the credit. Yeah. No, it's it's a good. It's been a really good lesson to learn. It's wow. been. It feels like a very mature thing to have done. What's the biggest challenge of working with your uh, spouse? Um. I feel like being married and working a business. Well, close that to part has been super fun. He is legitimately my best friend. We could hang out a hundred hours. Like we have so much fun together. That's like great. it's dumb. And we were a little nervous about oh, if we work together, are we going to still like each other? Um, and it's been incredible. Truthfully, it's wow. been incredible. That's cool. Um, I think what is, I'll be, I'll be super transparent. There is a part. <laughs> There's a part of me that, I, I said something earlier which might have like clued you into this, is 
it, it feels like I've had to work so hard to get to where I am. And he has just, he would tell you the same thing. He's, he is super charming and he's super smart and he's had a very easy road. Like from childhood to where he is today, he's had a very easy road. He didn't work hard to get this job. At he's, he's worked very hard, but not the same way. But not, and he'd tell you that, like, uh -huh. uh, you know, if you don't have resources, if you don't have money, if you don't have an education, if you don't, and you're building a business in Los Angeles, you're going to do that by the, like, yeah. hustle, right? Yeah, and so there is a part of me that's like, he, he skipped the line. He didn't go through adversity. Yes, he, like, skipped the, the line. And I'm like, that's not fair. I mean, that sounds so, my gosh, like, that's mm. so ego and terrible, but that's the truth, is that's been the hardest part to navigate for me is like all of a sudden we're in this together. Mm -hmm. Like, I, you know, we all of a sudden like it's, it's, this is a silly thing, but it's not silly to me. Um, we started doing a podcast together, you know, and we do a when live stream together. Out? When did that A couple months ago. Yeah. Yeah. We got two podcasts in the top 10 yeah. in the world. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. Crazy. We tape them like on our iPhone, which is the best. We it's do amazing. not have this fanciness yet. Um, but, uh, we started doing a podcast together and immediately we started showing up in things and they'd be like, uh, Rachel and Dave Hollis. And I was like, this is not a wedding invitation. I am Rachel Hollis. I've earned the right to my name by myself. Like Rachel Hollis and Dave Hollis. Mm -hmm. It's not Rachel, like don't lump me in. Like it was like as soon as we started working together, it became, I don't know, I sound terrible. This sounds terrible, but this honest truth, hey. this is what I've struggled with. So what the struggle was, you didn't want to feel lumped in with your husband? Well, I didn't want, I didn't want, like we started going to book signings and people would ask him to sign the book too. Really? Yeah. Even though he didn't write the book. That bothers me. Ooh, yeah. that would bother me too. Because I'm like. Like, no, no, this is my book. I, what? Like that. But, but he didn't help with any of this, did he? Or no, did he? no, 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 no. I mean, this is the like a lot of it did. is our story, but sure. like, no. Um, and so that, like, that, but that is, again... If your name's not on the book... Yeah, you shouldn't sign it. You shouldn't But it's uh. also, like, that is 100% my ego talking. Yeah. I have to say it's been, like, a really so now you hard season. I just am, like, trying to get over it. It's like, how is this for me? Like, I'll be mm -hmm. super honest. Share it. So y'all went to... Yes. On a fishing trip. Yeah, and you weren't invited. I was not invited. Well, no, it was all men. I understand that it was men, but it was... Like, oh, hey, Rachel, the biggest personal development people are all going on this trip. Does your husband want to go? Ooh. <laughs> like, th that, that, was, mm. that was a really interesting, the whole time, like, he knows this, it was like the biggest personal self-therapy I've done in my entire life was like, okay, okay, how is this for me? How is this for me? How, what am I supposed to learn from That's this? That's why when I sent you like a text or video, you didn't respond to like, yes, he got back. Yes, <laughs> because I was like trying to process in real time, you know, we've talked about this, like all of these, everything that's happened with this has been overwhelming. And so I have been praying for guidance from people in this field, praying like, oh, I wish that I could talk to someone. I wish that I, and you mm -hmm. and Ed and Brendan have been so incredible to come around me and yeah. support me. But I'm like, I've, so I'm like, okay, Lord, how have I been praying for this? And then you give it to Dave. Uh -huh. Like what, truthfully, I'm at home with my four kids by myself mm -hmm. going like, how, okay, why? I'm missing out on this. Yeah, but, but then I'm like, okay, I can think of all kinds of reasons why. Maybe he needed it more than you did. 
Probably. You know, maybe he needed this community. Like, you know how much he's needed a community of guys that can, like, lift him up and encourage him. Like, maybe, like, stop being so selfish. Maybe he needed this more than you did. Um, maybe you needed this. Maybe you needed to sit at home and be okay with this attention on him. Like, okay, so what and how I would have managed that years ago, and I told him this when he came home, like, how I would have managed it years ago is that I would have, um, I would have shut down. I wouldn't have responded to his texts. Ooh, I would have been passive like aggressive. totally passive aggressive, manipulating his, I would have ruined the experience for him. Made him what, feel horrible the whole totally, time. Totally, totally, which he already did. Like most guys, if they have to leave a wife and kids, are like, I'm sorry, babe. So he already was feeling guilty about being gone so much. Like I had the opportunity to support him in that or make him feel like crap. And every time I was just like, oh my gosh, live your best life. Now, I'd hang up the phone and cry. You know, I would, I told, that's wow. the truth. I would, I, I really struggled with it. And by the time he got home, I was like in such a good place. Cause I just thought, okay, here, self care, self therapy right now. Wow. Cause it's like, why? Yeah. I think, you know, also you're going to be celebrated constantly. You're yeah. getting acknowledgement through every post you do, every podcast, yeah. every time you go somewhere, you're getting celebrated. Yeah. You don't need that as well. You yeah. don't need all of it. Yeah. And you're gonna need him to feel yeah. acknowledged and celebrated yeah. for the gifts totally. he brings to the, totally. the mission as well. Totally. And so you should be encouraging yeah. that yeah. to see the business thrive. Well the 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 thing was it wasn't about acknowledgement. It was like I was like, I just want like like y'all did, um, what's it called? Like you would like mastermind. He'd be like, oh babe, we're gonna like go in the living room and mastermind someone right now. I'm like, I wanna mastermind. Sure, sure. So what, you know, it's just like, I I want that connection and there mm. aren't like, it's me and Mel Robbins. Like tell me the other women, mm -hmm. they're, you know, Gabby, but every, mm -hmm. Marie, but they're different. It's not the same thing. And so, yeah, so it's like, I want a community with people. I wanna go, you know, shoot a gun. Create it. Yeah. I know. Call up Mel. She's amazing. I know. I know. She's incredible to hang out with. I know. Have you connected with her yet? Yeah, I have. She's yeah. amazing. Yeah. No, I'm going to like have a thing and I'm going to invite men and women because Do your thing. shoot guns too, Brandon. He's going to be thing. so mad at me for saying this on Do your your thing. That would be amazing. <laughs> yeah. Wow. What do you think will be the biggest struggle you have over the next 12 months? Because everything, is, you know, here's the thing. He will face a big challenge at some point. Yeah. With this business. Yeah. Because... Every new season, something new is going to happen. Mm -hmm. And as you continue to grow, I hope it keeps growing for you nonstop. But at some point, it's not going to grow to the same level yeah, at totally. some point. Totally. It may go flatten and back, yeah. you know, it may grow yeah. in different ways. Yeah. And who knows when that's going to be? Mm -hmm. it might be years. Yeah. But at that point, he's going to have to face some challenges yeah. like, now what do I do to reinvent yeah. what yeah. we're creating? Totally. Or if the algorithm changes or this, and I don't yeah. know what's, what I'm doing. Yeah. Now i got to learn all these things because. What do I think is going to be the biggest challenge in the next? Um, I think right now it's, it's really trying to navigate how do you continue to show up for people and not be overwhelmed by people. Is that, a lot. Yeah. The more people that want your time, yeah. attention, yeah. need you. Yeah. You got four kids. You got a husband. Yeah. You're married. Yeah. You got a team. Yeah. You got and my gut, millions like, of people. Yeah. When I feel overwhelmed, my gut is like, go hide away. And it's so funny. All of you 
um, mm -hmm. all these guys are like, don't listen to that instinct. Like you are, you're, um, Ed said this to me. He's like, you need people who are further along than you. Mm -hmm. So they can look back at where you are and tell you that you're safe. Mm -hmm. Like you're okay. You're safe. You're on solid ground. Like don't be freaked out. Just keep, stay here, stay with it. Keep doing the work because when, you know, when I'm like at the grocery store with my kids and my six-year-old's having a meltdown about wanting cookies I won't give him and he's screaming and someone comes up and they're like can I just get a quick selfie like that's over that's overwhelming yeah. and so trying to trying to navigate that is hard because former people pleaser I want to say yes to everybody I want to give you all the pictures I want to do all the things um, and I don't ever want to um, start to resent the place that this success has gotten me it 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 I realized in retrospect that I was overwhelmed by everything that was happening with the book because it surpassed anything I could imagine. Um, I had always had these big lofty dreams for myself, but I never imagined something like this. And so um, just just trying to navigate that now, which sounds like, it sounds obnoxious. Like I feel like if I heard someone saying like, oh, it's hard to manage, you know, people asking you for an autograph, I'd be like, shut up, like go cry somewhere else. But it's weird. Yeah. It's it's weird. And the thing is, I know you have this too. People don't come up and say, Hi, I like your book. They tell you your whole life story. And it's and how you change. Yes, your life. because this is there's a lot of hard things in this book and so they want to tell you their hard thing. And if I'm at the grocery shit. store with a six year old and you're telling me about your divorce, that feels like I don't know how to have boundaries and I yeah. It's a lot of energy. It's a lot of energy. And you're taking yeah. on a five minute story and Yeah. It's hard to just clear that space yeah. in your heart right away. But I, you know, I want to keep like for me, I I want to keep coming back to um, like the why, like why are you here? What do you like? If you can just keep coming back to that thing, and that picture you showed me earlier was that um, Brooke, like was that Juliana Huff's? Where was all you guys? Brooks. At the, yeah, yeah, Brooks. Yeah. yeah. So I was listening to him on a podcast, um, and he said, not that I haven't heard this before, but something about that day that I like needed to hear those words. He was like, "What's your why?" Like, why are you here? Why are you on this planet? Like, what gets you out of bed in the morning? And I, in this season, I just needed, I need to remember like, oh yeah, that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing. It's not to sell books. It's not to be on lists. It's not like, I want to be a better version of myself every day. Like you, you were talking earlier about your values. My greatest value is growth. It's the greatest thing I could hope for in my life. I want to be a better mom, better wife, better boss, better writer, better every way that I show up, I want to be better just by a little bit every single day. And my mission is to give women the tools and the opportunity mm -hmm. to understand that they are also capable of that. So by an inch or a mile, like the next book, we we're saying this earlier, like there's no way, like this is a, you get a once in a lifetime, this mm -hmm. is crazy. The next book, maybe 10 people are going to buy it. But if those 10 people get something out of it, then I have accomplished my life's mission. Yeah. So I just want to keep coming back to that why. And even if it's at the grocery store, and it's like, okay, in this moment, the way that I can show up for this woman yeah. is to talk her through this in the cracker aisle, then <laughs> that's what I'm going to do. The gluten-free yeah, aisle. Yeah, the gluten-free. Where, where do you think you'd be doing if this sold 20,000 copies, you grew 20,000 followers over the last year, and exact. didn't hit the list, what would you be doing and, and how would you be feeling about yourself if it didn't blow up? Oh, I think the exact same way that I am right now. 
Yeah, I don't think this, this has not adjusted my perception of myself at all. Let's say it bombed and people are like, eh, I don't get it, I don't like it. Um, Would you write another book? Would oh you yeah, I'd always write. Um, writing is writing is my thing. Writing is, uh, it, I feel like it's a gift. If you can create anything, that's a gift and mm -hmm. you should do it just because you can. So I've been writing since I was a little girl and I love that there are people who want to read it, but even if people didn't like this one, I'd just hope that they'd like something else or I'd go back to fiction or, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not writing, I'm not writing, like I hope that it resonates, but that's not why I'm writing. Um, I, I'm, I'm grateful for the success of the book, honestly, because I get to speak on bigger stages now and I really like speaking. I like teaching in a, in mm. a group setting that, that really lights my heart on fire. So that's probably the biggest change is that I get to do that on a more massive scale. But um, I, I'd be the same, I'd be yeah. the same person, yeah. I mean, I still drive a Mini Cooper. <laughs> I don't, I still shop at Target. Like I don't, sure. yeah, I don't, um, I'm trying to think of what would be different about some really nice um, booties for winter. Like some really, Shoes? yeah, Chloe, oh, okay. Chloe booties. I bought, that was nice. like a big splurge for me. But other than that, yeah. I feel like it's, I'm the same, same, person, same yeah. OG. Interesting. Yeah. And what do you think is the, once women know that they are going to, that they have the ability to own their self-worth and they have dreams bigger than what other people want them to do. What's the next challenge for them? How? Like, I mean, I feel like you set me up like as if you know the next book and you're being a friend to me right now. <laughs> but um, that was the number one question I got when I was writing this was like, or when this came out was like, okay, how though? You tell me to pursue something more for myself, but how do you, how? Um, so the next book is, it's called Girl Stop Apologizing. It's like, stop apologizing for who you are. Mm. Uh, the tagline is a shame-free guide for embracing and achieving your goals. Mm. Like, how do you achieve something? So I was able to look at my life, like professionally and personally, whether it was running a marathon or building a business or uh -huh. getting a book deal, and I, it was all the same roadmap. So maybe you're the same way. Maybe yeah. this is not like new, but this is how I did it was I would start with a goal and I would yeah. work backwards yeah. and would break it down into manageable bite-sized pieces. And every single time I got to a new spot in the map and I didn't know how to achieve something, I did the same three things to try and get me uncluttered and then I'd move forward and I kept moving forward. Um, so yeah, so that that's the, that's the question people always wanna know is like, okay, I'm in, but how? I mean, how do I do that without feeling sorry about it because so many moms especially have the desire but they like feel so terrible that them pursuing something for themselves means that their partner has to watch the kids mm -hmm. or means that they're gonna miss you know their friends are like we never see you anymore you right. don't come out with us anymore you know you sort of let people talk you into giving up on the goal that you had for yourself which is crazy because, man, those other people are not the ones who are gonna have to live with regret for the rest of their lives. Those other, your friends are not the ones who are gonna watch everyone else go on family vacation and you can't afford to take your kids anywhere. The other people aren't gonna have to live with the choice that you made, but you allow them to talk you into doing something you didn't mm -hmm. wanna do. Mm -hmm. um, I heard a pastor say years ago, like, don't let someone in the cheap seats have an expensive opinion in your life. Like don't let someone who's not in the ring get to decide mm -hmm. who you are and what you get to be. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so. Isn't it funny that 
one, two, or three people can decide our life yes. based on what they want us to do yes. or what they think we should do. And we hold on to that judgment or people pleasing so much yeah. that we'll allow one person's opinion of us hold us back forever. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy how powerful someone's opinion of us influences us. Yeah. What's cool on the flip side is, is that when we hold on to someone's belief about us, mm. when no one else believes in us, but that one person says, no, I actually think you can do this. Yeah. And we get to hold on to that idea mm. and we stick with that. Yeah. And then we pursue our dreams. That's also a really cool yeah. thing. Yeah. I love, I love that you have, I feel like that's like the sports analogy sort of coming out with you. Mm -hmm. I love that, um, that I don't feel like I had that in my mm -hmm. life. No one believed in you or that said you can do this. I don't, um, I, I, well, I met my husband when I was 19 and he's always been a cheerleader for me. That's great. Um, but I think that my dreams actually scared him more than made him. He'd be like, what babe, you want to do what? Mm. Um, but I did hear someone say, I'm a, like, I always quote podcasts and like, I'm probably going to quote your podcast to you on accident right now. <laughs> but I heard someone say recently, like sometimes having an anti-hero is just as powerful as having a hero. Um, so I think a lot of what propelled me was growing up and thinking, I don't want to be like this. I don't want this life. Mm, yeah. I don't want these things. And that propelled me to like prove that I wasn't. Um, so I, I only say that because if there's someone listening right now who thinks, yeah, I wish I had someone to speak that truth and belief into me, but I don't, I think that you can still, um, sometimes like, Find people you yeah, don't want to be like exactly models that you don't appreciate. Yeah. It's like dating a bunch of people and be like, okay, these are all the types of people I don't want to be I with. I definitely don't want to be with that kind right. of person. Exactly. So now I know and let me yeah. go find the other path. Totally. Okay, so you got the the Rise podcast, which is like top ten in the world. You've got Rise Together podcast, mm -hmm. which Couples. is with you and yeah. Dave, and you talk about all the things. sex and nipples and <laughs> back fat and all the things when kids are jumping in your bed and you're all yeah. naked yeah. and you know how oh, do you man how yeah. do you manage yeah. running a business together yeah. and how do you manage the tough conversations yeah. and conflict resolution and. How do you be intentional with having an incredible relationship? Because mm. we just didn't feel like there were a lot of conversations about that. And um, any of the success that you see with the book or anything, honestly, for anyone who's in business and you're like, man, I wish, like, what's the edge? Everything that you see that we're doing that's successful is our fans have asked for something and we've created it. Yeah. Like, we're, it's That's like my life too. yeah right you're in, you're in it every day so you're talking to them every day you know what they love you know and you, if you're like man 57 people have asked us the same question well shoot i should do probably a do a podcast yeah, about yeah. that Let's write a book about yeah this. exactly right so um yeah so with the with the couples uh podcast it was just we kept getting so many questions we were like oh let's answer these yeah so rise together podcast yeah. go subscribe yep rise podcast yep the book, Girl, Wash Your Girl, Face. Girl, Wash Your Face. We got Over, into all the things. I should have suspected this with you. Over a million copies sold and growing faster and faster every week, which is crazy and inspiring. Um, you got your big events coming up. Mm -hmm. What's the yeah. events? Um, so we actually have our first couples event, which is this weekend in Austin. So I'm, I know, I'm like, oh, please What's let us. What's it called? Rise together. It's called Rise Together. Um, and then our big, our massive conference, women's conference, is in Minneapolis in June. For 2019. women only. Women only. Men cannot buy tickets. Um, 
we're not we never turn anyone away but we've never had it's a probably, dude it's all like speaking we're gonna talk women. about like you know it's i'm gonna make you. jokes that are not gonna be for you um yeah, yeah, so yeah. yeah so it is for it is for the Primarily ladies women, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's, that's in Minneapolis. Big, that's in Minneapolis. Where can they learn June. about all of this? Uh, you can. The easiest way is go follow at letsrise.co on Instagram. That's where all of our event stuff comes up, and you can just get inspirational quotes and the whole thing. But you can find out events as soon as they're ready to go. Okay. Cool. Yeah. And RachelHollis.com or where? Miss Rachel Hollis. Oh, Miss Rachel Hollis on Instagram and MissRachelHollis.com. That's where all the information that's is. That's all too. the info. Yeah. Amazing. I can get the book online, Barnes and Noble, Amazon, all that stuff. Um, and you hang out the most where? Facebook, Instagram. Instagram. Yeah, Instagram's my favorite. And you do like a morning live show every single we day. We do a live every single weekday morning at 8 a.m. Central. Yeah. It's and again, that was just like the audience loved it. And I mean, it's like we're, you know, gosh, we'll do about five or 6,000 people live and then 150,000 people watch it every day, which is Crazy. dumb for something. 100,000 people every day watch Every it. day. Five or 6,000 live. Five or 6,000 live. And then live. they just keep watching and throughout the day. And they just keep watching, yeah. Crazy. So, I mean, that's why people are like, why do you do it every day? I'm like, because. It's working right now. It's working, exactly. But if like um, 5,000 people watch after yeah. a while, then maybe yeah. you're stuck. Yeah, then you just sort of, that that is something I think in the social media space that people really miss and I this is one of the reasons I love Gary Vee is that he is the king of like you can't be romantic about how you get the message out yeah five years ago everybody saw everything on Facebook that isn't the case anymore you, you have to pay yeah you got to reinvent and what's working now might not work in six months and if you're crying about it you're gonna miss the opportunity so I'm, a guy at the airport the other day was asking me, like, he saw me on the book. He's like, how are you? You know, and I said, well, social media is a huge thing. He's like, ah, I'm older. Like, I can't, you know, I can't be on social. I'm older. And I was like, did you know how to drive a car before you, right. you know, like you taught yourself because it was a tool. Social media is also a tool. Stop saying that you don't know how to do something because you're old. Like, mm -hmm. um, this is from your podcast. So I'm going to repeat something back to you. Um, but it was, um, I think it was, oh, what's the doctor? Dispenza. Joe I Dispenza. love him. He's amazing. I love him. And he said, like, in an age of this much in free information, ignorance is a choice. It is. And I was like, Huge. oh, that's so good. Because it was like 10 years ago, people were like, now you have the internet, so you can Google yes. stuff and you can figure it out. But now it's like a decade has gone by. There's yes. more information that's being created. Yes. You can YouTube tutorial anything. Yeah. Learn anything for free, essentially. Yes. Yeah. If you have to dig a lot. Um, it's a choice for sure. Yeah, totally. Every single thing that you want to know how to do right now exists on the internet or at your local library yeah, for free. Exactly. Maybe if you don't have internet, then that's... Yeah. If you can't yes. get to it somehow, then yes. maybe that's... Yeah, that's your rationale, yeah, yeah. but go to the library because exactly. they have internet. Free internet. Free yes. Internet. It's so true. Um, all right. Well, everyone's going to go get the book. I'm sure a lot of people already have it. They're going to follow you on Instagram, download your podcast, go to your events, all these things. Yeah. I got a, two final questions. Yeah. One is called Three Truths, and I'm curious, do you know what the question is? Yes, and the thing is, I'm I'm like having a heart attack in my heart because you know how many times in my life I've imagined, like I'm listening to your podcast for years and you ask people this, and I'm like, what am I gonna say Ooh. when Lewis asks me this question? And holy crap, I forgot to prepare it. Ooh. I really did. So wait, ask me, ask me. So imagine it. it's your, okay. your last day on earth. Yes. You choose the day. And I get to pick three things that three they Three lessons on to. that you would leave behind to the world because you have to take all of your content and books and documentaries with you so they don't have access to it anymore. But you've achieved everything you wanted, and these are the three things that you would leave behind, the three lessons or truths. 
so the first one is what I feel like is my life's mission, which is, I say it's for women, but honestly it's for anybody. Um, you are in control. You are in control of what happens next. You choose a good life, you choose a bad life, you choose your perception, you are in control of this. And if you are unhappy, that's on you. Uh, I, I, I wrote, that's the, that's the core of this book is, um, gosh, like if you, if you don't like something, change it. If you don't know something, learn it. If you don't have the resources, get them. If you, like, I am a, like a living example of someone who's walked through trauma and horrible hard things and like I am here and I am thriving because I figured it out. So that's the first thing. The second thing that I would say, and I like cannot, I can't stress this enough, and Dave hates when I say it because he's like, it sounds so negative, but I am not special. I am not special because too many women are gonna watch this and they're gonna see my social media numbers or they're gonna hear about this book or they see me speak and they think that there's something special about me, that I'm wired in a different way or that I have special genes or I had, no, I just kept working. I have to say it over and over and over because I do not want anybody to have an excuse. I don't want them to talk it out because they're comparing their beginning with my middle. Mm -hmm. This is a decade of work to get to where I am right now. I like, I, I posted this the other day, like 10 years ago, 10 years ago, I was, um, you know, I, I was going and speaking at like MOPS groups, which is mothers of preschoolers. You don't okay. know what that is. <laughs> um, I was speaking at MOPS groups and like the local senior citizen home and I would like shake, my hands would shake, I'd be so, my, you know, with like sweating through your clothes. I was so terrible at public speaking, but I really wanted to be a good public speaker. I feel like you've talked about this yeah, too. Like absolutely. we suck at first, but I just kept going. I just really believed that I could have anything that I wanted if I was willing to work for it. So if you take nothing else away from my work on this planet or my time with you, let it be that. I am not special, I have just worked really, really hard. Mm -hmm. The third thing, if I could leave anything behind, I guess because it's on my heart right now, um, is that you are allowed to have a dream and a hope for your life, even if it doesn't make sense to anybody else. You're allowed to want something, you're allowed to pursue something because it makes your heart come alive. And it doesn't matter if your mom understands it or your boyfriend or your wife or your kids, it doesn't matter that it makes sense to anybody else, it, it only matters that it mm -hmm. makes you come alive. Like I just can't fathom <clears throat> anything worse than going through the rest of your life on this planet and not like listening to that spark or, or allowing yourself to be lit on fire for this thing that brings you joy uh, because you were worried about someone else's opinion of you. Mm -hmm. So not only are you allowed to have that, but I think you should want to have something more for your life. Made for more. Made for more. That's it, I love <laughs> it. Well, I gotta acknowledge you for a moment, Rachel, for uh, the consistent work that you've put out in the world for the last decade and beyond for sticking through the fire with your husband and having the challenging conversations, which I think a lot of people don't have, and then they live settling for something they don't want. And also for being an incredible example of how to be a great mother while running the things that you love and following your dreams, because I think there aren't enough mothers who are doing what you are doing 
and it's an amazing example. So I acknowledge you for all those things. Thank you. Of course. Final question is, what is your definition of greatness? Oh gosh, how did I not prepare these? <laughs> My definition of greatness is just being a little bit better every day. That's all, that's all I want out of my life. Mm -hmm. That's all I could hope for for my kids or my marriage or my business is just every single day we move a little bit closer to a better version of ourselves. It's the greatest thing I can imagine. Rachel Hollis, thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you, brother. <laughs>
but with hair extensions and eyelash extensions and a penchant for Beyonce. What kind of coaching are you coaching? Okay, thank you for asking. There's actually two different classes. One is life coaching. Those are for people who want to work on their relationship, their health, their personal, all the personal stuff. And then there's something I'm really excited about, business coaching. I've been an entrepreneur for 15 years. I'm really proud of the company that I've built, and I want to share that wisdom with you. So if you own a small business and you want to dig into how to do social media, how to find new clients, how to grow your revenue base. This is how we're going to do it. I bet they can get more info at thehollisco.com. You sure are right, buddy. You can watch videos about what the coaching series is all about, how you join in, and what is included with your membership. 